Bienvenue. Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm Jos Moon and of course, as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Oh, they go in Liverpool in the FA Cup. And we discuss um, the game against Crystal Palace as well at the Emirates. Yeah, so as the players wind down the warming, uh, warm weather training in Dubai, uh, we also turn back time to review last weekend's FA Cup third round tie at the Emirates versus Liverpool. Um, after a miserable sleep, we were also, I personally thought, you know, now we'll show them because I mean, that it was quite a, 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 a tight that affair when we played them at Anfield. And I really thought now with that sort of mindset and performance, even though, yeah, that, that, Two defeats back to back, uh, that we somehow you know you know get out of this sort of rut that we're in. And I mean, look with Arteta making uh, three changes with Ramsdale, Jorginho, and Nelson coming in for Ryan, Ketia, and Martinelli. Uh, what was your thoughts, like not only of the lineup but also the mindset of the players going to the game? You know, when I saw the lineup, I, I'll be honest. I think I saw a message. I said I'm quite impressed with how it, the team was rotated. It was kind of a rotation. That... You would accept in the Premier League, but, I'm, but no, you feel about that. But like, mm-hmm. you know, if you play like a, I don't want to be disrespectful, like you play Sheffield United or you play, you know, Burnley at the Emirates or whoever at the Emirates, the type of game you could, you know, shuffle the pack and Liverpool also didn't have the stronger squad. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, you know, this is a way to to kind of, regardless of how confident you, you can you can springboard your season from here. You know, you beat Liverpool, knock them out the FA Cup. You maybe get the easy draw in the next round. You know, tails are up as we're going into the warm weather break. And to be honest, you know, the way things kicked off, we started off like a house on fire. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I, like, I really thought, like, I mean, like when, uh, as I go into the game now, I mean, the game kicks off, and I mean, just three minutes in, Ramsdale sends a, a long uh, ball over the Liverpool defence. There's, like, total indecision at the, at the back for Liverpool since Van Dijk also was not there in this match. And I mean, Nelson ends up peeling off the 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 defender or the last man, and Allison at that point is also a way of his goal. And and I'm like, you know, in my mindset, you know, just lob him because I mean, there's no use you're going to take an extra touch. And I mean, this is also the thing where clearly showing the lack of game time with with Nelson because he ends up deciding to opt for the rounding of the keeper. But of course, his first touch is very heavy. It takes him you know, like way wider than it's supposed to go. And I mean, he ends up. Almost like kind of losing his head when he's on nearer to the dead ball line because instead of you know cutting the ball back, he tries a from the acutest angle uh, a, a shot, and I mean the ball just ends up hitting the side netting, and the all move sizzles out. And uh, the funny thing is, like I know I thought after that ball, I'm like, you know, we bought David Wright to supposedly you know be this guy that or not bought sorry loaned David Wright to be this guy supposedly who's supposed to pick out passes, and then you have Aaron Ramsdale coming in and picking a pass better than any of um, Raya's passes. I don't know if you've seen a better pass than that from Raya. Yeah, because I mean, like, you could see, I mean, I was actually thinking, you know, the way we, um, Ramsdale went on after the miss, I mean, it was also like a, a glaring opportunity to, for a fantastic assist by the Arsenal keeper. But as I said, I mean, I think Nelson just totally fluffed his lines right there. Then eight minutes, David has a chance again, but his shot is way too tame to test the Liverpool keeper. Yeah, I know, but I mean, you know, you, you couldn't have asked for a better start. And now you're kind of telling yourself, um, you know, guys, let's just put the ball in the back of the net because, you know, you don't want to be giving Liverpool a snap. I mean, that could have been at least, you know, one up out of those two chances you just mentioned. Yeah, then 11th minute, 
Gomez, Joe Gomez, ends up playing a sloppy back pass that Kai Havertz ends up intercepting. He ends up playing the ball into the danger area for Nelson. But, I mean, he, of course, misses the chance. The ball ends up spilling to Odegaard. And, I mean, instead of, you know, more placing with a finesse shot, he ends up, you know, really let rip with a shot and the ball clatters against the crossbar. And the ball bounces through safety. But, I mean, it, it also shows Arsenal's run of bad luck in front of the goal. Yeah, I know. I just couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that happen. I mean, you know, last season, Odegaard smashes that in. And, you know, who knows, we 2 not up or something like that. But we just couldn't find the back of the net. And I'm just getting really frustrating because Liverpool were only going to be bad for so long. Yeah. And I mean, Arsenal's high pressure was also showing that Liverpool were, you know, kind of buckling with that, you know, that, that alterations they made to their defence. Then, like, I mean, from the 30th minute onwards, Liverpool finally started getting a foothold in the game. But Arsenal still... <clears throat> excuse me, for most parts, were, you know, dominating the game, but also starting to run out of steam and ideas in the final third. Yeah, no, it's... We were lacking that that, that cutting edge. I know Havertz was trying to be that, um, you know, guy at the top with the injury of Jesus. And you got to wonder also, you know, what what's um, Arteta's thoughts with Nketiah? I mean, clearly he doesn't trust Nketiah. We, we you know, didn't start him in a game where Jesus was injured. Yeah. Then the 38th minute Saka gets to the byline, sends in across. Liverpool ends up making the block. And Ben White comes in like almost like out of nowhere. On the run, it's a rasping drive, which Allison has to, you know, force it to tip over. Yeah, another chance, you know, Arsenal applying the pressure. And you're kind of just hoping that they can bag a goal before, you know, half time because. You know, I, I, I had this bad feeling that if we're not going to do something, Liverpool seem like they're going to smash and grab because Liverpool came there and didn't sit, didn't play that heavy metal football that we used to. They kind of knew Arsenal don't like playing with their low block, so they kind of decided to sit deep in front of our defence, I mean, in front of Allison. And, you know, by us not scoring, you kind of just keeping them in the game all the time. Then from the ensuing corner, that 39th minute, Havertz ends up missing an absolute sitter, and I mean, <coughs> it was like a glancing header, totally wide, off target, and it nearly made me, like, you know, get close to pulling my own ear. Yeah, no, it was quite frustrating. It was a consistent thing of asking yourself, how, how are we not scoring goals? And like, you know, I was eating, you know, the couch eventually because I was so frustrated. I mean, we needed the ball to go back in the net, but we were just doing everything but that. Yeah. Then 44th minute, Kansa, uh, the centre-back of Liverpool, the youngster, he ends up getting caught in position and the ball is fed to Havertz. He then, you know, I think right there, some like, a lot of people were, were to, talking about the tweet that, that uh, Ian Wright put out at half-time about we need a killer. And right there then proves that we lack that because Havertz ends up taking, I don't know, how many touches. And I thought to myself, you know, you should just pull the trigger, like, you know, just let fly. And I mean, he tries to get himself first like with a touch to get in the box. Then he tries another uh, touch to get himself under control. And by the time he's like really ready to wind up the ball, it's like the tamest shot you've ever seen. Yeah, I know. It's unexplainable. We need a, num- a number nine who, you know, whose, whose instinct is to kind of put the ball in the net, you know, when he gets the opportunity to and, you know, takes the shot first time. I mean, even with Jesus around him, mean, he's not that type of guy, you know, that, 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 that North London derby charge, I can think we sky that opportunity. You know, give it to a cool head, they smash it into the net, you know. So, we, this season we've... Last season, we, there was a lot of reliance on Odegaard, Saka and Martinelli. Now, yeah. with them not finding the net, it's almost like we... we, we literally a cannon without any gunpowder. Yeah. 
and I mean, as we approach halftime, Liverpool also started doing these, you know, random attacks going forward. And I mean, by the time we, we check again, uh, just as we close in on halftime, Trent uh, Alexander-Arnold ends up rifling a shot from outside the box. And I mean, Ramsdale is then forced to, uh, you know, tip away for a corner. But, you know, uh, as you said, it's like needless, like, you know, like from all our fluffing the lines, all of a sudden now the pressure's like slowly something to, to kink our way. Yeah, no, and it was, it was 13 shots in the half, and without, you know, scoring a goal, I mean, as also showed what we miss, I mean, he should be making good, he makes good saves, you know, Raya doesn't make as good saves as as Ramsdale, I know there's not the time for the Ramsdale or Raya debate, but, I mean, you know, what warrants um, Ramsdale to get an opportunity in the side? Yeah. Then come to the second half, uh, 50th minute, Saliba ends up playing uh, in Saka. But again, Saka, you know, the minute he gets in the box and gets, you know, gets himself free to have a pop at goal, the shot, the shot is just way too tame. Yeah, just a little to the keeper. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's, now, it's, it's been a recurring theme, actually. Yeah. So now, of course, Arsenal thought, you know, you know, the more we now come, it was like uh, running out of ideas and, and waning in attack. Liverpool, from that 17-minute onwards, they start looking a bit stronger now. They even make two subs, bring two of the youngsters in. <laughs> a quarter of, like, to a 50 minutes to go. And I just thought to myself, I mean, like, Arteta, you know, here's your chance also to pull the trigger somehow. And, I mean, he's sitting on his subs, sitting on his subs. And, I mean, like, yeah, the next big warning, 77 minute, Nunes ends up flicking uh, Allison goal kick. Onto Jota, who ends up, you know, wriggling his way free, uh, sets up uh, Luis Diaz, who in turn, you know, fires a shot low through uh, Saliba's legs and Ramsdale has to tip around the corner. And once again, Ramsdale with a very good save, you know. It's, it, it's kind of shows you what we're missing also in the polls. I mean, we, we, we've probably conceded more goals this season than last season. No, no, no. Then from the ensuing corner... Uh, Jota ends up rising above the two tallest def- centre defenders of Arsenal and ends up heading against the crossbar. Sure. Warning signs, warning signs, warning signs. If the alarm bells are ringing, then I don't know. Then, 80th minute, uh, Trent ends up whooping in a uh, in swinging corner. Arsenal again at sixes and sevens at the back, and uh, Kivio ends up flicking the ball past Ramsdale, 1 0 Liverpool. Surprise, surprise, another CP skull conceded. Yeah, it's actually, you know, the longer also games are standing at the moment, normal, I mean, with this sort of current form of Arsenal, it's almost like you have that already that gut feeling that something is just not going to go our way. Like, you know, the longer it wears down, because it's almost like you know nothing is coming our way. So it's almost like you, you already accept, uh, you know, accepting the punishment already is coming your way. Yeah, no, 100%. So, you know, why not Arsenal? And you just couldn't see us going, you know, a goal at all. And, you know, immediately afterwards, Arteta reacts with Nketiah coming on for Jorginho. I mean, probably a bit little to late now. Expecting miracles from players within, you know, nine minutes when a game is, is now, you know, not going to be in its normal frame of mind. Players are just going to have to, you know, throw the kitchen sink in. Uh, like, you know, expecting miracles. Personally, what felt almost like a clueless decision and a substitution was... Then with three minutes to go, now he throws on Trossard and Emil Smith-Rowe. So it's like, what, three minutes of, of normal play and I think, what was it, five minutes of injury time? But by the end, yeah. of, by the 95th minute, with Arsenal throwing everybody forward, 
Nun is ends up sitting there of down the left. He ends up poking it to Jota, who finds uh, Luis Diaz on the edge of the box. And with Arsenal, you know, totally outnumbered and outpaced, he ends up just, uh, uh, you know, playing a powerful, powerful shot past Ramsdale and they go 2 0 up. Yeah, it was so frustrating. I felt so angry being 11 in the FA Cup. I mean, you know, you, you get your, uh, no fault in with Arteta. I mean, the lineup I wouldn't have changed much differently. We did, we did, but you know, you take it, you take for, and the skit again for as a jinx. I would actually don't see the skit next season in the FA Cup because we just can't seem to make it past the third round with the skit or the fourth round at least. I mean, we got knocked out to Nottingham Forest, the one year in the kit. Um, obviously, we um, we got Wallace kit against um, City in the, the FA Cup when we lost also. And then now we're out again of the competition again. And... <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, like, what? I just find it ridiculous of this whole thing. I mean, I don't know how much this whole thing costs the club and... and the city of London and whatever. But, I mean, it's not like knife crime is going down, so it's not like this thing is doing anything to avert it. You'd rather put your money into something else and just stop with this. Because, I mean, it, for me, it comes with more like a gimmick that ends up just blowing ourselves in our faces or, you know, a walk on the right moment and getting, you know, cracked against a foreign woman. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's bad. And, and, and it's just frustrating because, you know, last season... Mikhail Arteta was to blame for us. You know, not, I'm not blaming him, but he went into the Carabao Cup game, resting players. We got smashed out by Brighton. Uh, um, you know, United going win the Carabao Cup. It's a trophy that Arsenal got picked up. Then in the FA Cup, I think we went to City with a kind of a mixed squad. We're out of the FA Cup. And I mean, you know, that was just an unlucky draw. You know, you know, the league, he also took a bit for granted. And then the Premier League faltered away. We ended up with no trophies. Um, now we we the EFL Cup, we kind of went to West Ham with the EP squad, thinking he's gonna, you know, save his team for Newcastle. Um, you know, look at us now in the league out of the EFL Cup, um, you know, out of the FA Cup now. And now you're looking at you know competing for the Premier League, which, you know, to be honest, it doesn't look very positive for me at the moment. I mean, other things can change. And the Champions League, you know, that's like a luck in the draw. And and, and now you're going to almost, you know. Four years without a trophy, if, if things don't... I mean, I don't know how if, if people count the community shield as a trophy, but, you know, four, four, four years we're heading into, and then, you know, you, you get that players that become a bit restless now because they're not bringing in any silverware like we saw with the likes of Fabregas, Van Persie, um, you know, it's kind of the same situations again where, you know, maybe, you know, it's still very early days with the squad, but, I mean, you know, they need to be starting to, you know, whether it's an EFL Cup or it was a Europa League or something, just chip in with a trophy and they... Yeah. And, I mean, like, we now, you know, lead ourselves into the uh, preview game for uh, Saturday, like the early kickoff game against Crystal Palace. And, I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, us in fourth taking on uh, a Palace team in 14th position. I think, I mean, I think they would probably also want to improve their record at the moment because, I mean, they also in the... Like, they have roughly the same record as us, I think, one win in five. And, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's going to be a, very much of a scrap. I think they're going to try to just make it ugly. I mean, it's a, like a typical uh, Roy Hodgson way of playing anyway. But, I mean, surely, I mean, this rut, I mean, how long can it still go on for? The thing is, Roy Hodgson is not going to make it easy for us. He's going to try to, you know, keep it tight, keep it tight. 
Arsenal will probably, you know, play their sideways passes all the time. Eventually, Crystal Palace will nick a goal, and Arsenal will then again be that same side that's going to have to throw the kitchen sink and things. And I don't want to be negative, but yeah, I just this change, you know, where does it change? You cannot get this, you know, what can he do differently? You know, it's almost like the Wenger days where he throws the same formation, same players, same formation, trying to expect something inverted left back, you know, forcing players to play out of position. It's just becoming very frustrating and a person is starting to, to not dislike it, not the word, you know, last season Arsenal, like even leading up to that, 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 that top four um, spot we were fighting for, like between those two seasons, Arsenal and Arteta made you much people fall in love with the club again where, you know, you were celebrating goals with so much emotion and so much happiness you were watching. Every game you were watching, you know, with like, you know, with open possibility. But it's almost like in the space of, you know, a month or the whole of a month and a half, you're almost like looking at yourself and saying, like, you know, what needs to be done and can the season, you know, how do you save the season from going? You know, because if things go wrong against Crystal Palace and, you know, suddenly you, you, you weigh off the pace of a Liverpool side who've lost most Salah. Indo and a few other players, you know, with the African Cup of Nations and, and, and the Asian Cup. And then you look at Arsenal, you know, who, who looking at, not Arsenal, look at City, who Kevin De Bruyne is coming back and, you know, Tam Allen will be back as well. And then you look at Arsenal and say, you know, what did, what advantage have you created over, over this? Because, I mean, look, as much as we have praised Arteta and I think, this is where sometimes the, the, the fan base, whether it's, like, you know, for or against, whatever, sometimes also does my head in because with some people, like, in Arsenal fan base, it's like, you know, Arteta walks on water and you can't, you know, he's like the saint and whatever. And then you get to the other flip side of it. We have an Arsenal fan base that can be very toxic. And it's almost like no matter what Arteta is doing, you know, based on club performance and whatever, it's like they already want him out. No matter if so, but they just want him out, period. And I mean, my personal take is, I'm not going to be in that sort of Arteta outing, but I also feel if he's also going wrong or going down the wrong path, as Arsenal fans or as goodness, you also want to say and stand up and say, like, as much as you give him praise, you can also criticise him without having some sort of agenda to it. Yeah, no, and like, you know, Granit Xhaka and Thomas Partey were key to our success last season. And yeah, the yeah. fact that Arteta, you know, didn't replace Xhaka at all. I mean, how about if you spend 20 million for him, maybe maybe 30 as a player that can put in the squad and, you know, do a job for you. You know, maybe if a Xhaka is that player injured or, you know, you, 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 you force him maybe to play at number nine, you know, because of injuries. You know, it's fine, but to blow 165 million on him, you know, knowing that you you were getting rid of Ganachaka and he was a critical part to our success last season. Um, so was um, Thomas Party, and Arsenal were going to get rid of Thomas Party in the summer. Then all of a sudden, you know, he's pulling right back. Um, I'm not sure what Arteta was trying, but. The form, like last season's formation wasn't broken or whatever the, the other squad was laid out it wasn't broken and it was just needed some missing pieces to the puzzle and he just kind of overhauled everything yeah. and now it looked like a, a team that's you know maybe set back two years away from where we were last year yeah i fully agree because 
as, as you said, like for me, you're taking away uh, Odegaard's <coughs> uh, almost like he sort of, like if you think of how he thrived, having, you know, we can actually be creative and go forward that side of his game with, with the likes of Party and, and, and Xhaka behind him. Now it's almost like he's finding himself more centrally than in a more attack-minded role. And when he does get forward, he's all... I mean, he's, at times you can see he's even run out of legs because of all that sort of, uh, you know, that graph that you need in that, that, that uh, slot. And I just think sometimes... Like, I don't know, sometimes... Someone like Arteta, he almost like thinks you mustn't just sign a like for like... And sometimes, yes, you should. Because... Yeah. You want a, almost like you want a, a, a Grand Jaka type, but you want it in a younger version. Like something like that, or you go into party and, and then somebody with a say a way better track record. But then again, I mean, as you always remind me, that, that he had a fantastic fitness record at Atletico, and yet by us, he's like play four or five games out for two months, play a few games out for a few months. I mean, something you must be also like, you know, looking deeper there as well. Yeah, no, de- definitely. And I think, you know, I understand you signed Declan Rice, but if you want to Declan Rice maybe to play the Jacques role, then sign the proper holding midfielder that can maybe play alongside Thomas Party and, and if Thomas Party injured this guy can hit the ground running and vice versa you know so that you have that visit you wanted versatility in the midfield so get the Granit Xhaka type midfielder which was probably you know the rice could do that role but then get that number six you know maybe a Paulinho type player that could have played with um, you know Party in case parties gets injured, and then you have that rotational thing there between those three guys: you know, Rice, your your Thomas Party, and then kind of the the guy that can maybe the go between between the two that you know has the ability to to take over the mantle of Party, um, or, or is there and about because they wanted to sell Party. I mean, I don't know if it was just hearsay or if it was the case, but I mean. What what was the plan? You know, you sell party, then what? I mean, you know, where do we go? Unless Timber was supposed to be, you know, uh, uh, another key key um, key part of the team. I don't know. And I mean, like you know, this now also leads us now into the the talking section of the podcast now, since we now you know uh, you yeah. know debating and, and and chatting about things. I mean, this is also like my point of of the risk of having a manager instead of a head coach because. Now all the powers in Oteta's hands as manager, like you know, so it's almost like nobody's really questioning him in certain aspects since he has like you know the majority say. If you look at it, I mean, even though yeah, you have your whatever support staff and that, but at the moment, like my personal take is, I mean, for me, it, it feels sometimes also like Oteta is surrounded more like by yes men than people that are actually questioning him for you know what he's doing. Even though look, modern day you have like you know. Uh, these coaches that they have the, the staff and, and stuff like that. But even if you if take somebody like like uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, okay, and I'm not sure with Wenger, the latter part, but Sir Alex Ferguson always have coaches rotated every four years, four seasons or whatever, because he always didn't want to feel too much in a comfort zone where nobody's questioning him in that. And he, when he had Brian Keat, that man used to question his decisions and that when he had Carlos Queiroz, that guy also questioning uh, certain aspects of his uh, managerial um, aspects. So I just think sometimes Arteta needs maybe a refreshing in that sense as well, because I think that we are to set in our ways, because I don't think if he'd been head coach and we'd had somebody also that, that has like a big say on the team, you know, above him, that can actually tell him, look, hang on a bit with that money. Like, because for me, I, I still feel today 
I think what you, you mentioned earlier on in the podcast or in previous podcast, I just think sometimes we were a bit too hasty with just, you know, spilling out all that cash for, for Harvard. Getting ourselves set up in that, that okay, with the Raya thing, we can still bail out of it if need be. But as I said like before in, in previous podcasts as well, there's not much tweaking that was needed in the squad. It was a slight adjustment. No. Yes, we just need, we went into to last season. Like last season was a, a type of season where you just didn't really have a sort of a good standing or stand uh, stand out reserves for for Saliba if you got injured. And that is the thing that the Amsterdam uh, going into the end of the season without Saliba. Saliba. And now it's almost like we still kind of left high and dry because as, uh, now almost like all of a sudden. Saliba's backup or our backup in defense is now being shifted out as a wing back, which he clearly does not like. And <clears throat> I don't know, somehow there needs to be a bigger, I don't know, somehow Arteta needs to also be, you know, dragged over the coals a bit for certain decisions he's been making. No, I agree with you 100%. And I think, you know, last season was kind of that, you know, punching above your weight type of season, you know, where you kind of just got a. Um, you know, we got more than we bargained for last season. Yeah. You know, let's face it. Uh, but you would have expected the side to then build on from there. And like you said, you know, there's this whole Raya Ramsdale thing. You've kind of, I don't know how you look at it, but I don't think it'll ever be the same between Arteta and Ramsdale. Because I think Ramsdale got, you know, sold a dream. And, you know, yeah, that you're going to, you know, we're going to use you and, and, and Raya in rotational basis where we see fit. But, you know, clearly Arteta favours Raya over Ramsdale because whatever Raya does, he just never gets dropped, you know, whether it's um, a few errors here and there. But, I mean, you know, Arteta fixed, he tampered with what he didn't need to be fixed. I mean, Aaron Ramsdale wasn't the reason we never won the league last season. I know he made some error, like passes and things like that. But, you know, you look at the guys and also made a lot of mistakes last season. But, you know, he's still, he's number one guy at left back. Then, you know, we look across the back line, like you said, you know, Ben White is not performing as, as he should. And like you said, Kivio is also looking like a guy that's going to probably be shipped out one of these days, just the way Arteta is treating him at the moment. You know, trying to expect, just like he did with Kieran Tierney, expecting Kieran Tierney to play as a center, as a third center midway. Kieran Tierney's type of guy, he plays a one-two and he just bombs down the wing looking for crosses. Yeah. So, so it's like this. Arteta is like tried to crucify certain players for, for no reason. And the guy that he's brought in that is favoring is not seeming to do the business as he wants. And, you know, last season we all felt we needed a strike. You know, yes, Shaka left. Shaka left and we brought Declan Rice. You know, top, 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 top signing. But and still we left with some gaps in the team. And like I've always mentioned, the side has regressed from last season. It's not like we went even two steps forward. We felt like we went like two or three steps back. Yeah, because I mean, <clears throat> look, look, you can clearly see he's trying to go as much as he tries denying it. You can clearly see he's trying to go the sort of uh, Man City route, you know, that, that sort of total domination, total position in it. But the problem is, whereas Man City play the game, but they also play a sort of game where they're literally swarming you in attack, and we are almost like stalling and twiddling our thumbs and not even not really playing with that sort of gusto that we were doing last season. Because, as you said, it's like we want that kind of lost that shine, and, and it's not really, you know, as, you know, as much as it hurts me to say, but it's also not entertaining to watch anymore when you watch them play. It's all good while you're under this total control, total domination, yeah. but 
put the ball in the net. City would have been 3-0 up or 4-0 up against Liverpool at the Emirates Stadium. Or Etihad event that they would like be playing at the Etihad and having so much chances. 3-4-0 up and that's it. You kill the game. But we want to kick over the poles against the post and this and that and this and that. And we, like you said, you know, this season, Arsenal don't look attractive to watch. There's nothing to write home about. Everybody's like, you know, Arsenal aren't playing well this season, but look where they are. You know, at, at, at some point, you know, you can, they have to start playing well, but I just don't see how, or, or, or I don't know if you can tell me, but I don't, I don't see how that's gonna, they can just click into form mid-season. I don't know what needs to be done, or what needs to be changed, but can it be changed? Because, I mean, look, I don't know, just, uh, look, a lot of talk was going around about uh, Ben White that's been, you know, adding, like, you know, sort of niggling injury that's been nagging him most of the season. But, I mean, what I don't get is, like, when you watch, uh, say, someone like Kyle Walker, you watch someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold, they are they are fullbacks, they want to get beyond the, the last man of, of, of the, the opposition defenders. And they know, time and time again, they are getting there, like whether that burst of speed or whatever. And with us right now, okay, unless Tommy is playing, he, you know, he's he's the only one that really will try that. But Ben White has like lost that that sort of knack that he had last season. He's lost that totally. Either he's like not wanting to sacrifice himself, or whatever. But then again, when he does bomb forward, he doesn't have the legs to uh, catch up and, and track back. And the thing is, again, with with Tommy, so as much as I love the guy, and, and he's also like a fan favorite. He's also, his fitness is also the thing that's holding him back in the squad when he's uh, playing. Because yeah. when he gets like a good um, amount of games going, and then bang, out with the injury. Injured. Yeah, it, it, it seems to be a, a recurring theme with the Arsenal squad. Jesus now, it's probably going to be like that now, because I know knee injuries do, you know, take a pounding and, and probably could... You know, be stop-start. But I mean, what's the next plan? What's the next step? I mean, you know... I don't know. Nketi is not the answer for for me personally as a second, you know, your second attacker. He doesn't give you a plan B. It's like Arteta doesn't play with a plan B. It's like you know, same formation, same team, different team, same structure, same everything. There's nothing like we're gonna spice things up a bit now. Put you know, even throw a center center back to go play up front to try to get you a goal. It's just the same pretty things. Odegaard, you know, starting to get lost in games. And he wants in Trossard and Emil Smith wrote to bail him out in the 90th minute. You know, it's just a it's just a mess at this point in time. And no, no, I'm not saying I take out. I'm just saying that something somewhere needs to happen to 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 kind of get us back on track to where we were heading. You know, last season. I, I, and I don't know what it is that we need to do differently. I think it's almost like a. <clears throat> I mean, I, I personally hope it's this, this uh, warm weather training in Dubai. Has done sort of mind reset and tactical reset because I think tactically also we were almost like running into uh, stumbling blocks constantly because 100%. especially if you look at that that games against um, uh, not really with them since we did get chance but wasted but I mean like that Fulham game where you even see or even saw on 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 Arteta's face where. He looked totally lost. We even he didn't have an answer how to to uh, break or breach those Fulham walls. And this place, didn't want to shake each other's hands. You know, when when Smith put his hand out for Martinelli, he just didn't even bother bother taking his hand. And also, like another thing is like, I mean, I know it's a topic that's been 
after I'm quite long here, you know, in in Arsenal quarters. But I still wonder what, you know, what got into people's minds at the club, at, at, at say, board level, higher level, or sporting director level. And like, say, Arteta as well. That's also questioning me about them giving Ketia a contract extension and letting somebody with, with a, almost like the sort of potential that Balogun had, letting him, him go. Because, I mean, clearly... Yeah, I, I let Balogun stay. Yeah. Because, I mean, that would have been my choice as well. Because, I mean, you had somebody that was young, wanted to prove something. And, I mean, for, like, for me, I know Arteta was saying the other day about um, not wanting to, to destroy or damage the... You know, when, when people were complaining about uh, Nwari not getting game time or that 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 uh, Skelly kid that that is also on the on the books for us, not getting also game time. And then I'm thinking to myself, look at how Pepe the game swung the other day when they were playing in that game where, where uh, that Oscar Bob ends up that 17 year old or 18 year old that ends up scoring the winner for them. I mean, how are you going to know without testing them if they're going to? Uh, I mean, look, as a professional game, you're going to if you want to be a top coach, you also have to know which youngsters you can use. Uh, you know, whether they're going to sink or swim, because, uh, no, as I said, you want a, a football coach, not a father figure, because, I mean, it's a top club, we're not a kindergarten to, you know, just, because all I see at the moment with, with Arsenal is like, pushing through youngsters out on loan, pushing through youngsters out on loan, you're not seeing anybody coming through, and, like, I mean, look at Charlie Patino, is thriving now at Swansea at the moment, he's like a, like a key figure, almost like a first team about him, and yet you don't hear them saying, okay, we might recall him or give him a chance for, say, so-and-so a season. But now it's like, you know, everybody out on loan, out on loan. So we almost like, I don't know, because at the moment, in that four years of Arteta, uh, or five years, how many answers has he personally pushed through? Because, I mean, Saka and them is not, you know, from his uh, uh, generation, not generation, but of his uh, group of, of youngsters of, of bringing through anybody. Because that's Una Emery's credit that must get. Yeah, no, you don't see anything like that. But, you know, let's try to be positive and hopefully we can pick up the three points against Palace and, you know, maybe we can get them back onto the right track. You know, who knows, 2024. You know, 2023, I think, as a Arsenal, as a Kunis, wasn't a good year as in terms of, you know, how 2022 ended off going into 2023 and how everything is kind of tapered off. So hopefully in 2024, is a new year, you know, guarding the FA Cup defeat, you know, we, 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 we keep our heads held high and hopefully we can take the points against Palace. Yeah, fully agree with you. So with that, guys, we're going to end of the podcast. Take care. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Cheers, guys.